Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. It's week four of Advent, and it's all about love. Join us in Galatians chapter five, verses one through six, as Pastor Ben Pitney has a message titled, God's Love for Us and Love for Others. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. There's a lot of things that you can kind of talk about when it comes to love and during this season in particular, right? And so um, I thought it would be uh, interesting to ask uh, maybe just a little bit different different way um, about love. So thanks for being up here with me just for a few minutes. So Sarah, I think you have this first question and it's um, how do you usually like to let people know that you love them? Right? Because everybody's a little different and needs a little bit different kind of love, right? Right. Uh, well, I think about my family when I hear that question. And um, four of the five of them are physical touch people. And I am not a physical touch person. Yeah. So uh, I like to love them. You know, even when I want my personal space, I try to um, just remember to snuggle up on them and let them be close to me. And, uh, as much as they want or need. I know it sounds funny to people who are full of physical touch people. Uh, you know, they're, they're like that, like, oh my gosh, it's some great sacrifice. But it's just this thing, right? I, yeah. I, people kind of know that about me as well. It's not that we don't want to touch anybody or we don't want to be touched. We just, we want to determine when more than anything, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and so... We want to determine when, and it does depend on who a little bit, right? Right. But it's so important to people, though, right? Um, People need to be loved like that, and physical touch is a big deal, and it's it's a way of bringing a certain amount of security and confidence, and it depends on who you are, too. So if you're the mom, right? Everyone wants mom. (laughs) Yeah, and and they want some tender love, you know, sometimes, and, and it can be hard when... You're not feeling it. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That's really good, right? But but they know. I mean, after a while, they know. I, I, I don't... If you need to be loved in that way, I, I'm ready to do it, actually, more than people might think. But <laughs> it, is, it, it is hard, though, right? It's, yeah. Yep, it's so, Matt, you, you... This is a great question for you. Like, when, when do you feel most loved? Because I got a feeling that you're not like Sarah. Snuggling? <laughs> yeah. That's so, so true. I could see that. So, yeah. I had to laugh last night. I was sitting on the couch. I was watching a movie with the kids. Sarah was out. She came home and sat like, over on the far end of the couch by herself. And I watch her one at a time. The kids just go over and pile up. And they're just looking at her smiling. But for me, uh, love, um, I, I feel very loved with small things, actually. Uh, it's usually when someone takes time to remember me or, or thinks about me or goes out of their way to, 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 um, to love me, even in a, in a small way. There's a, there's a verse that uh, we wanted to share um, out of Romans 12. It's Romans 12, 9. Uh, would you read that? Love must be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another with mutual love, showing eagerness in honoring one another. 
So that verse talks about um, devotion and, and um, honoring one another. Uh, and, um, you know, I even thought this last week about uh, my, my, uh, my brother often when he goes to the store, he'll go to the grocery store, he'll call me. And he'd be like, hey, I saw this thing, and it's a really great deal. I thought you might want it, you know? And I was like, I love that you do that. I love that he, that he does that. Or sometimes when I miss his call, I call him back later, and he said, oh, I was at the grocery store, and I saw something. I thought you might want it, and I just bought it for you. And I was like, thank you, you know? But often it's, it's just through small things like that. Someone, someone remembering, um, uh, someone in a, in a small way kind of, I, I recognize that they put me first or sacrificed uh, something and it, it, it does something to fill my bucket, you know. And there's no touching involved in that, too. <laughs> I love that. See, Mark knows. I can love people that way. I like loving people that way. Yeah. So what, are, uh, what other way can you honor someone, um, Sarah, above yourself in this season, even without money and, and things like that? You know, because a lot of times it's like, oh, we got to give them gifts and things. Yeah, I think it's about finding out what's important to them and making that important to you. So it can be as simple as someone's name. You know, name is important. Um, All the way to what they care about, what they are concerned about, um, and making that important to yourself. Yeah, I think that's so, so true. Um, Sometimes just a card with a thought, something thoughtful in a card. Someone bought me a defund the media hat. Yeah. For Christmas, and I'm like, it really made me happy. <laughs> it was so good. It totally cheered me up. I wasn't, I don't know, I just totally, yeah. I was supposed to, I, I don't know, you're supposed to wait to open presents at Christmas. I couldn't do it. And then I opened it up, and like, I'm so glad I didn't wait. They didn't, they didn't want you to wait. I don't know when I'm going to wear it, but just having it makes me happy, right? So what can you do this season, Matt, to put Jesus' love into action? Uh, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, go back to that Romans 12 verse. talks about a love that's without hypocrisy, a love that's not two-faced. Um, and because uh, I, I heard your message this morning in first service, Ben. Um, Jesus' love is not the same as the, the, the love that comes naturally to us, the, the love for us that's looking to get something back or looking to get something out of it. Um, Jesus' love is it's, it's, it's one-sided. It's sacrificial. It's giving, you know? And uh, if, if we want to love that way, it takes more than just wanting it um, or even understanding it. It, it. it takes, I think, first us experiencing it, but then being really rooted in Jesus. Otherwise, you can't do it. Like, I, I go to try to love somebody in a, in a way that's like Jesus, and if it's all about me and, and, and me trying to make that happen, I'm going to run out. There's not enough there. I don't, I don't have that. I need help. Yeah, you need the source. And the source is Jesus, and he gives us the mechanism and the way. We're going to talk about that today. Um, but it starts with Jesus and being grounded and rooted in Christ. And then um, you'll find yourself loving people who are unlovable and loving people in ways that don't come natural to you, right? Um, That's really good, you guys. Thanks for taking a few minutes uh, today uh, with us. Thank you. Oh, this was the gift that made me so happy today.
I was thinking about wearing it, but I, maybe I shouldn't on Sunday. Just little stuff like that, though, you know, when someone thinks about something that, or they just notice something, or I thought they would, uh, you know, just do something like that. Isn't that, that that's really how you uh, love people, right? It, it really wasn't the, um, the hat as much as the card that came with it, and some of the things that they said, and I think that loving people is, um, you know, it, I don't think it comes very natural. It just doesn't. And so uh, God knows that about us. And so that's why he's, he knows that there's nothing we're going to be able to do, right, to please him in a way, to uh, be good enough for him, right? He knows that, but he loves us so much that he made a way for us. Now, today as we uh, work through this, I don't want it to be complicated, but it, it can tend to be that way just a little bit, the way I want to kind of go about it. So I want you to take out your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. There's six verses that we're going to get to there, but I'm not going to get there. Yeah, I'm going to wait um, just a little bit. The, the, the thing that I want to answer today, that the question, I guess, so to speak, that I want to answer today, that I think the text will answer for us, is what is the connection between God's love for us and our love for others? That's the connection that I want to make, because if it doesn't come natural, then um, it, it doesn't come natural, but God wants us to love people and care for people. And I think it's really important to do that, not just during this time of year, but all around um, the year at different times. And um, there is an unbelievable depth to Christ's love for us. It's an unbelievable depth, actually. When you consider it, the cost of Christ's love for us was infinite. It cost the suffering and death of the Son of God. Now, when we are talking about Christmas, or when we're focused on Christmas, we're focused on his birth, but you can't separate his death, burial, burial and resurrection from his birth, because that's the reason why Jesus uh, came to us to be born, was he was born to die, to rise again. And so, when you're going to talk about the depth of Christ's love for us, the, the strength of his love is so great that he overcame the obstacle to it in our own ungodliness and our own unworthiness. The benefit of his love is as great as everything God owns in the universe. That's the benefit. Nothing will separate us from the love of God, and nothing good is going to be kept from us. So we are his heirs. We inherit his love. We, we get it. We get it freely. He gave it to us free. It doesn't cost us anything. It's free. Nobody took Jesus's life from him. He laid it down of his own will. So he wasn't forcing, uh, he wasn't forced to do this. God loves his people. And those who will have this love as their treasure, who treasure it and value this love. So if you receive it as your treasure and you cherish it, Christ loves you more than you can comprehend. It's hard to get your arms around 
just how much God loves us. So we can only comprehend it in part. We can only understand it in part, in pieces. And we've been encouraged to pursue this because of Paul's prayer in Ephesians. Now, so Paul does lots of teaching throughout the the New Testament to specific churches. And each church has a specific issue and, and more than one issue that he's addressing. But in Ephesians chapter 3, I'll just read this first. Verse 17, I'll put this up for you today, but uh, you can turn there. Ephesians three seventeen. it says, May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith. So that, because you have been rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth And thus know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled up in all the fullness of God. So we've been encouraged to pursue love because of Paul's prayer like this. And and his prayer is so theological. He prays for us to send our roots down deep into the love of Christ so that we can comprehend it, so that we can understand it. If you're gonna love people, you got to at least get, comprehend it and understand it in, in part. So he says, you need to send your roots down deep into the love of Christ. He's the source of the love. Not by standing around, just by observing it, right? But by rooting our lives in it, drinking it up, tasting it, depending on it, taking some risks on the basis of it. So I think to experience the love of Christ, you have to take some risks, and we're not very willing to do that, actually, most of the time. We want to love the easy kind of love, right? And, um, and man, it's, it's not easy sometimes to actually be Jesus to people and to really love them. It really is sacrificial. So, There's two connections here, right? When I say, what is the connection between God's love for us and our love for others? There's two. Two. And I want to ask more about this root thing that, you know, like the source, the root, this connection between being loved by Christ and our love for others. What is it practically that converts the love of Christ for us into love for others? That may be the easiest way to explain it. What, what is it practically that converts this, right? That transforms the way Christ loves us into love for other people? I think there's two answers in the book of Galatians. And one answer is the Holy Spirit of God. We don't spend enough time probably grappling with and understanding the Holy Spirit of God. The other answer is faith. And there is a text that combines these two answers in a way that is full of practical, I think, implications for living a life of love, especially during this season. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit first. The Holy Spirit um, is the first answer. Galatians 5, go to verse 13. Go to verse 13. 
in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to get to Galatians 1 through 6, I promise you. But let's start with verses 13 through 16. It's the first answer, the Holy Spirit. For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge your flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law can be summed up in a single commandment, namely, you must love your neighbor as yourself. However, if you continually bite and devour one another, beware that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of your flesh. So, so, so he's saying, so walking by the Spirit is the way not to bite, devour each other, but to serve one another through love. The Spirit is the key. Look at verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love. This is the Spirit of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And then in the next verse, you can go, there, there are more. But the point here is, is the first fruit of the Spirit listed here is love. So it's plain that one crucial connection between our being loved by Christ and our loving others is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is key. The Holy Spirit of God. Love for others is a fruit that grows in our lives by God's doing, by His doing, by the Holy Spirit's doing. Somehow, He makes it happen. God the Holy Spirit makes it happen. It's not going to happen without Him. And when it does happen, we don't get the glory for it. God does. So God does it. This is part of this way that we're talking about uh, life in Christ is a supernatural life of love. It's not produced by human forces. It doesn't come naturally by us. It takes a resource that we don't have. It takes the Holy Spirit of God to truly love people like Christ loves us. It's really, really important to admit this. Not that it, it just lets you off the hook, right? But there's a reason why it just doesn't come very natural to us. When you admit this, it's humbling. It's not an excuse, but left to ourselves, we cannot love. We can't love. Not the way we are intended to love like Jesus. But this is, I, I think it can be encouraging because what it means that is if you're sitting here and you're feeling like I'm not by nature a loving person, you're not at a disadvantage because in, in, in fact, nobody is by nature a loving person. If we were, love would not be a fruit of, of the Holy Spirit. It'd be a fruit of our personality or our upbringing or our chromosomes. It's, it's not a fruit of us at all. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So the first answer to this connection, right? The connection between Christ's love for us and our love for other people is that the Holy Spirit is the connection between Christ's love for us and ours for each other. He works in us in a supernatural way to produce the fruit of love. We will, we're going to see how, at least partly, as we look at the second answer, faith. Okay, faith takes faith trust 
Trust in the Lord. So the key here is Galatians 5, verse 6. Now, in these first verses, let's, let's read through the first six verses, okay? In, in, in uh, Galatians 5, it says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not be subject to the yoke of slavery. Listen, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be declared righteous by the law have been alienated from Christ. You've fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we wait expectantly for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ, Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision carries any weight. The only thing that matters is faith working through love. So there's some, you know, this stuff about circumcision is... Is, is what he's addressing. Look at verse 6 again. For Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision car- carries any weight. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision carries any weight. It's not important anymore. Like it was in the law. It was a sign. It was a sign of obedience, an act of obedience. All, all these things, right? A work that you needed to carry out. But Paul's saying, that doesn't carry any weight anymore. The only thing that matters is faith working through love. So, so what Paul's wrestling here with is the false teaching that the sign of getting circumcised will help a man earn salvation. And he says in verse 2, if you receive circumcision, Christ is of no benefit to you. That doesn't do anything anymore. That's not the way. In other words, if you look to your own works at the things you can do, then all the all-sufficient worth of Jesus Christ in dying for your sins and obtaining your salvation will be of no use. I mean, why do we need Jesus if you can just, you know, why did he have to do this? Why did he have to go to the cross? What is that all about when you can just do something to earn your salvation? Right? So... When you depend on your works, you reject the work, the work of Jesus. The stuff you do, right? When you're depending on that. So if our works don't earn sal- the, the salvation that Christ offers, then how do we receive it? What's the connection? He answers in verse 6. Again, look at verse 6. I keep going utilizing this verse. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision carries any weight. The only thing that matters is faith working through love. You catch that? Faith working through love. Now, what connects us with Jesus so that the salvation he accomplished becomes our, ours is faith. Trusting his forgiveness. Counting on his promises. Treasuring his fellowship. But what, what, what makes verse 6 so remarkable is that the faith that connects us with Jesus and receives his, the action of making us right with God, justification, right, is faith that works through love. Faith that works through love. In other words, it is the kind of faith that proves it's real 
by producing love. It's real faith that proves it's real by producing love. Now, it's easy to get this mixed up with works. But see, love doesn't earn our salvation. Love proves the reality of the faith that receives salvation. When you trust God, when you treasure him and value him and ascribe worth to him, and you live in a way that proves it, right? That is faith that proves this love and that you have this love. So how does this produce love in us for others? How does this work when it comes to others? Right? That's, that's really my third point. Or what's the relationship between these two answers? If the Holy Spirit is the connection between Christ's love for us and ours for each other, and if faith is the connection between Christ's love for us and ours for each other, how do these two things fit together, faith and love? How does it work? If love is the fruit of the Spirit, and if love is the fruit of faith, then how do faith and the Spirit bring about love? How does this all work? I don't know if I can get it all correct, but in part. Let's look at, the, at faith in the Spirit. So Paul's answer is, is given in Galatians chapter 3. So go back to Galatians 3 now, and there are five verses there. You see that Paul, he's upset. He's, he's, he's fired up over the report that the Galatian churches are turning away, not just from justification, all right? Justification or, you could say, or the action of or making of righteousness in the sight of God, that it is God that makes us righteous, all right? Justification by faith. And, he, and he's not just upset from, you know, that, that, that sanctification or the setting of a, a, apart by, by faith. That's not what he's totally upset. In other words, he, 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 they're falling for this false teaching that you start life in Christ by faith and then with the power of the Holy Spirit, right, but you complete life in Christ not by faith but by, by, by kinds of earning and working for it. You start out by faith but then you got now you got to start earning and working for it. And he's like, what, what, what are you, you guys got to be kidding me. Serious? Look at verses 1 through 5 in Galatians 5. I mean, you know, serious, that would be like a sarcastic way of me saying it. Look what he says. You foolish Galatians. Who's cast a spell on you? Before your eyes, Jesus Christ was vividly portrayed as crucified. That's like saying, right in front of you, I spent all this time, people, teaching you and painting these pictures of Christ crucified, seriously, what has gotten into you? What is, you've got to be kidding me. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive, man, he is so upset. He's snarky and sarcastic. The, the only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Man, imagine getting scolded by Paul like this. Although you began with the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by human effort? 
Helps you understand this circumcision stuff, right? Have, have you suffered so many things for nothing? I mean, what have we been doing here? If indeed it was for nothing, right? God, d- does God then give you the spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law or by you believing what you heard? See? By doing stuff? Is that the way? He, he's, what is wrong with you people? I spent all this time and now you drifted. All right, so he's pretty fired up because he's saying when you depend on your works, you reject the work of Christ. See, that's what's at stake. You're rejecting the work of Christ. If you think that you can earn it, I mean, what's the use? Right? So you can hear his passion here. I like that. The life in, life in Christ is supposed to be lived every day in the same way that it began. By faith, right? When it comes to life in Christ, you don't graduate from the spirit to flesh or from faith to works. That's, that's not the way it goes, Right? Life in Christ begins with faith and the Holy Spirit, and it's lived by faith and the Holy Spirit. Faith is the beginning and the growth of life in Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher and the power at every point. We never progress to something else. It's always faith and the Spirit. So here we have the Spirit and faith brought together. Okay? Now, here, the, now, what practically does it mean for us when we want to be more loving people? All right? So I'm kind of getting it. I want to just, just tell me how to be a more loving person. Well, <laughs> okay. The Holy Spirit is the transforming power, and faith is the real beginning proof. Trust and faith. Is the beginning proof. The Holy Spirit's got all the power. He's the trans- transformation. But we have to trust and bank on and count and treasure by faith Christ. So, so Galatians 3, 2 and verse... So verse 2 in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 5, Paul gives the answer. Look at verse 2 first. Did you receive the Spirit by doing works of the law or by believing what you heard? Okay, remember, I taught you all these things. So he says that at the beginning of life in Christ, the Holy Spirit was received by faith, not works of the law. Right? We got, you know, Christ settled all this. Now the Spirit comes through the pathway of faith. That's how we got started. If the Holy Spirit is the transforming power, then faith is the real proof, right? Then verse 5 says that... This is the way we go on in life in Christ as well. Look at verse 5, the first half. Does God then give you the Spirit and work miracles among you? Both of these give and work words are verbs. They are present tense and in Greek mean. Got to go to Greek because sometimes you guys are reading them different translations and, and things like that. So I only like to bring that up once in a while because I get challenged on my grammar here and there and you're reading it from a different version, okay? But these two words, no matter what they say in the translation you're you're reading, all right, they are present tense verbs, which mean in its original language that the action is ongoing in that they are continuous. 
So God is supplying or providing the Spirit to you and in an ongoing way and working miracles among you in an ongoing way. How, Paul asks, the verse ends with, look at the second half of verse 5, by your doing the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Which one? And the answer is clear. Believing what you heard or by hearing with faith So both verse 2 and verse 5 emphasize the Holy Spirit is received and is the supply or the, 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 the transforming power for ongoing work in our lives, not by works of the law, but by faith. Okay, so the Spirit and faith connect this way. Faith is the pathway or the pipeline or the conduit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God uses faith as its conduit. Love is the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of faith because faith is what receives and depends on the Spirit. God supplies the Spirit. He does this through faith and love is the fruit of the Spirit released or received by faith. So the love of Christ is the source. Remember we were talking already, Matt gave it away. He says the love of Christ is the source. You have to go down deep in this relationship with Christ. He's the source. The Holy Spirit is the pathway and the conduit that gets that love into our lives. And faith is the real proof that we believe in the source. So what can we do to become more loving people? I keep asking that. The answer from Galatians 5 is believe God, trust God. Count on God. But how do you do that? What, practica- uh, what, what practically does that mean from day to day so that I'll be a more loving person? Well, we get help in answering that question from the way Paul expresses himself in verse 2 and verse 5. He doesn't just say that we receive the Spirit by faith or the Holy Spirit is uh, provided and works by faith. He says the Spirit is received by believing or hearing with faith. Both times he says that the Spirit comes and works believing what you heard. That's key, believing what you heard, right? So it gives us the focus in fighting the fight of faith and fighting for love. It involves a hearing of something to be trusted, something to be believed, something in which we have faith. How do you produce this fruit? What receives and releases the fruit? Producing power of the Holy Spirit in your life? The answer is faith. God supplies the Spirit to us and works miracles among us, of which love is the greatest by faith. But faith in what? Paul says it's believing and hearing with faith. That means there is a message that you need to hear and believe. There is a word that you need to hear with faith. So if you want to receive and release the Holy Spirit and his love-producing power, listen to the word and believe it. Can you believe that's where it all came back to? (laughs) Rest in it, bank on it, rely on it, depend on it, read it, absorb it. It all comes down to right here. (laughs) You want to be a more loving person? Oh my gosh. You got to absorb this like crazy. 
well, I'm not a very loving person. Well, you need to spend a lot of time in this. It's, it's, it's all right here. You got to keep pouring this into your heart, mind, and soul. It's right here. The message is all here. Now, now, now watch. Practically, right? Faith in what? Practically, what word? No doubt the word of God, the Bible, especially the promises of God. The promises of God. I mean, you know, when, 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 I, when I just got nothing a lot of times. So there's so many times where I got nothing for you. I mean, it's just complicated. I'm not going to change anything. Uh, they, they, you know what I do? I utilize the promises of God. When people are hurting the most, when they're confused, when they're just, they're in the biggest messes you can imagine, what do I got? I got the promises of God. They got to be committed to memory and understood and embraced. But, but, but we can be more specific here because of verse one. Look at verse one. You foolish Galatians, who's cast a spell on you? Now, here it comes, right? Before your eyes, Jesus Christ was vividly portrayed as crucified. This was the message they had heard and believed with faith. Paul had been teaching and preaching this like you can't believe. A message that Paul had painted a picture of for them of Christ crucified. He had publicly portrayed Christ as crucified in his teaching. He couldn't believe that they could turn away from this to their own flesh as a way uh, to, to grow in Christ. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. The pictures are everywhere. I've spent all this time and what? Now, I'm not justifying getting upset, but it might give you a better understanding of personally for me why I get fired up when you walk past the baptistry when we're di- you know you know how when we baptize people I'm like hey everybody come on around right and we really want you to observe the picture because what's it a picture of Christ crucified it's a picture I mean this, there's a reason why these tables are, are pictures of Christ crucified the, the, the Lord's Supper, they're a huge deal. I mean, if you walk past the baptistry, when we're doing a baptism, if you're gonna go to your car and get in early and, and just bypass just a couple of minutes, I, I can't control myself. I get upset and I'll call you out. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't do that. It, it, it churns inside of me. And that's what's happening in Paul's life. He's like, you... I, I painted this picture for you. What? It's like you just forgot or you didn't see or what? I don't know what has happened, right? Well, they're believing this false teaching that you work and you earn it and all these other things. But beyond that, here's what he's saying. He's saying this. Do you at Vail Christian want to be a more loving people? Do you want to be more loving? I'm, I'm saying yeah. Do you want to be a fleshed out and visible demonstration of love among each other? Do you want that? Do you want to be more open and embracing to those who visit you? Do you want to have a deep love for your community that you live in? Hearts that are more free to care for the hurting. Do you want the heart to love your enemies and bless those who curse you? Do you want to be less self-absorbed and and less 
enslaved to things and more free to take risks and make sacrifices for others. Do you want that? If so, then make your focus all the time to be filled with the fruit-producing Holy Spirit of God, for the fruit of the Spirit is love. And to do that, make your focus to be filled with faith, trust, confidence in Christ, who loved you and promised to forgive you and cleanse you. And to that end, make Make it your focus to be filled with the Word of God, God's Word. Faith comes by hearing, right? And believing the Word of God, especially with powerful pictures of the love of Christ for you, like Christ crucified. You want to love people? It's about Christ crucified. The more time you spend getting your arms around Christ crucified and explaining that to anyone and everyone. The more you engage in that manner, I think that produces love that doesn't come natural to you. What's, a, what's it have to do with me? Let's, let's see if I can simplify it again. The connection between, number one, between God's love for us and ours for others is the fruit-producing Holy Spirit of God. Number two, then, it is released in our lives by faith. And we walk through just some simple terminology of what faith is. Number three, that faith is acquired by sustained and sustained by the word of God. You got to keep in it. It's sustained. All the pictures are here. You have to saturate yourself with the word of God. And at the center of that word is the picture of Christ crucified for our sins. It is a picture of the depth of Christ's love. So these pictures that God gives us are huge. They're they're enormous. There's so many of them. The depths of Christ's love. It's actually supposed to be pictured in marriage. Marriage is a picture of the depth of Christ's love. Marriage isn't actually about you. (laughs) It's a picture of the depth of Christ's love. Most people get married for a different reason. Baptism is a picture. The Lord's Supper is a a picture. I mean, they're, they're, they're all over the place. The images and the pictures of the depth of Christ's love. The more those pictures um, are absorbed into your life, the more you love other people through the power of the Holy Spirit and faith. All the promises of God are contained in that love. All of them. Love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not the product of our hard work for God. So you can do stuff, but that's not the... It's, it, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is not the product of our hard work for God. And this is where we live. We don't ever grow beyond this. Our focus is love which is the fruit of the Spirit supplied through faith, which is sustained by the Word of God that pictures the depths of Christ's love. Let's just uh, end with these two things. Psalm chapter 1, look at this picture. Look at this picture. The psalmist, the poet writes here. Psalm 1, blessed is the one who, what? Finds pleasure in obeying the Lord's commands. 
That's his word. That's the truth. He meditates on his commands day and night. He's like this. Here's the picture. He's like a tree planted by flowing streams. It yields its fruit at the proper time, and its leaves never fall off. Why? Because this is right by the source, right? Right by the source. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Watch this. Look at this picture. My blessing is on those people who trust in me, who put their confidence in me. Isn't that faith? They'll be like a tree planted near a stream whose roots spread out toward the water. It has nothing to fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no need to be concerned in a year of drought. It does not stop bearing fruit. My prayer is that we would be a people of the word of God and a people of faith and a people of love by the power of the spirit of God. And so it's sometimes it's not just about doing something, it's about being something in somebody's life, right? Sometimes it's about doing, but it can be so simple. Hey, Matt, I'm at the grocery store, and there's this really great deal on, I don't know what Matt likes. Thought you might like it. I don't know. You know, what is it? What is it? This season can be such a great opportunity to practice it. You cannot depart from this right here. You can't subtract any of these pieces in it. This is you doing stuff. Father in heaven, thank you for your deep love for us. Now, Lord God, help us to understand it, even if it's just a part in a way that we can love other people. We know it doesn't come naturally, so help us to dig deep out, down into the source Christ crucified. Help us to believe with faith, Lord God, and to just practice habitually saturating our heart, mind, and soul with the truth, with your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.vailchristian.com.